Thank you for joining me in the social sanctuary. As a digital marketing professional, I spend so much of my time online and the internet provides plenty of fantastic opportunities for us all, but it can also be draining. With so much noise, finding peace and time to reflect is more essential than ever before. Through inspirational conversations with key individuals, The Social Century invites you to take a closer look at important topics across the digital space, covering everything from cyberbullying to online influencers to how to get young people into work and the importance of mental health. Most importantly, The Social Century provides a break from the hustle and bustle of online life, giving us all a space to discuss the matters which really matter in the hectic modern world. On today's episode, I'm joined by Nicola Frampton. We're going to discuss how she went from joining the police force at West Yorkshire Police at 16 when she left school to now being a member of the board for Fraser's Group PLC, the FTSE 100 retail company that includes House of Fraser, Sports Direct, Evans Cycles and many others. Nicola joined the board in 2018, but spent the majority of her recent career in senior executive management roles. In addition to her role at Fraser's Group, she's also UK Operations Director at Domino's Pizza. And prior to joining Domino's, Nicola was the Managing Director of William Hill's UK Retail Division from April 2010, before switching to an executive management career, Nicola spent 10 years working in the professional services industry. You've been on a huge and inspirational journey since you left school at 16, joining the police before pursuing a completely different career in retail and then working your way up to senior executive level. Can you take us back to the start and tell the listeners about your journey to get to where you are today? Yeah, I, I will have. Thank you. Um, but but I'd like to actually start at the end of, of my journey. Because you talked about Fraser's group and my, my role as non-exec director. And I've got to be honest, I see that as the absolute pinnacle of my career. And, and, and I only really got here because it's a business that really walks the talk when it comes to being really, really open-minded about talent. You know, I think... You know, there's so much a person can do, but the the organisation itself needs to be one that creates conditions for everybody to succeed, you know, and and don't have that sort of stereotype of, oh, you've got to have a a degree from a, you know, university, it's got to be a 2-1, it's got to be this, this, you know, they focus on what a person can contribute to the business and that's what defines their path, not necessarily you know, where where they've been. And it, it's it's interesting, you know, at Fraser's group, it's about output. It's not about job title. And, and that I'm the proof point to that, you know, I don't fit the typical definition of a FTSE 100 board member. I wouldn't be here today if Fraser's group hadn't walked that talk. So, so yeah, you know, I think it's it's about the person but, and, and it's about the organisations and the leaders in those organisations I left school at 16 because I had to. I'm from a working class family at the time, you know, really low income. I talk about my dad in the sense of low ambition for me. And and and, and I think it was in back in the day, that old-fashioned view that, you know, men went out to work and women had the babies and raised the families. And, at the, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money as a family. My dad was quite anxious that I should go out and, and sort of 
start contributing to the family income before I got married type of thing. So I got my first job at 16 at the Inland Revenue, as it was called at the time, opening the post in the mailroom was clerical assistant role. It's it's quickly realised that, you know, whilst I wasn't qualified for anything in particular, I needed something more. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't wasn't challenging me. Um, But because I didn't feel qualified for a particular career, I joined the police. And there was a little bit of police background in the family. My granddad had been in the job. So I knew a little bit about it. And I went there. What I found was a, a, a male, a very male-dominated environment. And I know there's um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about how difficult those environments are. My personal experience back in the day, it wasn't hostile. It was just tough. I was the only girl on the shift. Um, yeah, yes, I used to get some ribbon. I don't think it did me any harm in some respects. You know, I learned to give as as good as I got in some respects. But but some of the things that you got involved is, is as the only female on the shift were quite taught you a lot about life, about humans and humanity. But it also made you extremely resilient. And there were a lot of elements I loved. You know, I really liked the problem solved solving. I really liked. To be, to, to be part of putting something right but there was a lot of the role I didn't like it was always quite negative you're very rarely talking to people that had something nice happen to them it was usually you know some, something terrible um they, they were the victims or perpetrators um so and, and school crossing patrols in the winter I found I didn't <laughs> like that either or <laughs> being out on my own in the dark at night that wasn't great fun either so, so despite all the learnings, and, and you know, there's a lot about the role, as I said, it was really exciting. I, I, I'd say that leaving the police was a bit of a turning point in my career. But it was driven then, Harvey, by the economic conditions rather than, a, I would say, a, 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 an informed choice. I'd, I'd, I'd applied for a couple of roles, actually. One was at a building society in a fraud investigation function. And the other was as a clerk to the court in magistrates, basically tra- training and sort of expanding on the legal career. So you can see both of them sort of kind of sit with where I'd come from. And I only took the Bradford and Bingley Billing Society offer because it had a discounted mortgage because back in those days, interest rates were 15%. I mean, you know, 5% feels high now, but at the time it was 15%. So it was a really financial decision that drove me down, down, yeah. down that route. But it turned out to be a good decision. I'm not saying the other one wouldn't have been, but it's a good decision on many levels. And at the Billing Society, the mutuals felt really mutual as an organisation. As we were chatting earlier about, you know, organisations that create conditions for people to thrive, the Building Society's back in there very much felt like that. Um, and there's one particular manager that I was working with who took a risk, actually, um, you know, mentored me, pushed me out of my comfort zone and, and got me into studying for professional qualifications, which effectively were a leapfrog over any academic gaps that I felt I had. And I did have a chip on my shoulder about it. I did distance learning. I had to work on you know, my weekends and on my evenings to get through the qualifications because I still had a full time job. But 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 this person had actually pushed for me to do the qualification and supported me in it because technically I didn't have the right levels to join the course and he wrote a very lovely letter to the to the Institute of Internal Auditors recommending me for it and, and got me on. So that was a, that was a real turning point because yeah, I, my, my career at the Building Society thrived. I, I progressed quickly through through various um, roles within the team that I was in, you know, gradually getting promoted. But then about eight years later, there was another big turning point, and that was the privatisation of the Building Society itself. 
um, income consultants. They came in to do sort of restructuring and you know performance improvement and cost optimization on and to get every, to get the business ready to be listed. And I learned an awful lot in a short space of time about advisory work. And what I realized was that all the things that I you know, that I knew that I could do what they were doing because um, basically they were interviewing everyone about what's working well, what's not working well, what can we improve, consolidating all that into a point of view and sharing that point of view back. Um, I thought, oh, I can I can do that. So as, as the privatisation programme continued and um, the restructure actually put me into a role that I, I, I didn't fancy doing, I left um, and I decided to put my decade of financial services experience to work via advisory firm. So joined, it was Coopers and Librand at the time, became PwC and, and had a very successful career at what I was called an experienced hire. And you come back, we should come back to that, Harvey, because experience here was, was the definition used to say this is someone who doesn't fit the stereotype, but who we think could do some good stuff for us. Again, back to organisations embracing people that are maybe different in, in, in terms of where they've got their experience from. Um, but I spent a decade in that sort of space, Coopers and Librands, Arthur Anderson, and then ultimately ending up at Deloitte. And professional services, um, really renowned for a bit of an up or out culture. You know, you had a certain certain number of years in role and then off you went, you got promoted or you had to leave. But under the mentorship of a, a, a Deloitte partner there, I was actually able to have a baby. Um, and we called it swimming in the slow lane for a while. So he effectively supported me um, through a process of, you know, having a child, maternity leave, and then returning back on a part-time basis, etc before starting to push me again to, to continue uh, rising through the organization. I don't think I would have done that if he hadn't done if he hadn't pushed me to be fair. And, uh, and then there's probably the final um, I, I, I kind of think of my career in, in decades have been sort of three key chunks. Um, the final turning point was when my husband retired. he was he was a, a former police officer or is a former police officer now. And, and professional services is quite a greedy career in terms of the time commitment. And we had to make a choice then, Harvey, about work-life balance. And we chose life. So I joined William Hill and sort of embarked on another decade of, of development, actually. You know, you think 20 years on, you've been all this experience that there's nothing left to learn. But the CEO at the time, he was the, he was the father of three daughters and he had quite an interesting sort of point of view on on diversity, which was, was starting to become quite a thing. And he sort of took me under his wing and supported me through um, transitioning from sort of the sort of governance back office leadership roles into operational leadership. And ultimately, at that point, I became the MD for their UK retail business. Um, and, and again, that ultimately led me to joining Fraser's group because having spent six years running a retail business of size, I was able to sort of approach Fraser's group about their role. And although I was fairly inexperienced in some respects, and I'm slightly terrified, can I say, when I first joined my executive director, that's what got me there. I joined Domino's after leaving William Hill, but, but as I said, when we sort of started the conversation, the pinnacle of my career really was sort of getting a role as a non-executive director where someone was you know, an organization is valuing you for the experience that you can bring 
to them and the advice that you can give them, you know, as you as, as that business goes through its its transformation elevation, and that's been something, you know, if you look at Fraser's group over the last five years, five years ago it was Sports Direct, um, was three or four years out of some fairly um, difficult press coverage it had around its people and its talent management, and now it's an organisation that's, you know, completely and utterly transformed itself um you know and is, is out there changing the face of, of retail so i say to, to be part of that team and, and and to be working in that organization to me is just yeah yeah that yeah. must be really rewarding for you as well absolutely absolutely and, and throughout telling your story there you mentioned um, those key figures throughout each stage of your career and how they kind of shaped where you went next, particularly from the the building society to getting the role at what is now PwC, um, where you you yeah. started to feel like your experience was really valued. Yeah. Um, and it's clear that that's been important for you. Um, so. Uh, are there any key moments you've had in your career where you've also maybe experienced a bit of friction and that those experiences have then shaped what you look for now when you're thinking about talent and recruitment as well? Yeah, I, um, I think there's always friction. Um, you know, and, and I look at, look at some of my experiences and, and I think they haven't all been fantastic experiences but I don't think any of them have have not been a learning experience yeah and I I would always say what you know I I was taught quite early on in my career to take a bit of time to always reflect and and you know I have had negative experiences but they've all been learning experiences the the two that, that sort of strike me just thinking about your question when when I got when I made the transition from the building society where I had a really deep specialism in financial services and I'd been there ten years and I knew everybody, I knew how everything worked, and I've been through this sort of consulting, I got myself, oh, I can do that, I can do that stand up my head. When I actually moved across and found myself in a role that required me to have much more breadth of experience across different industry sectors and higher expectations of me and my advice, because effectively I was being paid for it, or the the firm I was representing were being paid for it. I actually sat in a room probably in the first few months of my my sort of transition across. I sat in an IT director's room. He he wasn't there. He wasn't there. I was sat in my own (laughs) work. And I just started to cry. And thought, what am I doing here? I felt completely out of my depth. I comfort, felt completely out of my comfort zone. And I thought I'd made this huge, huge mistake. I ended up picking up the phone to one of the colleagues that had, I want to say played the role of a mentor, but certainly been always someone that I could talk to. And I was like, I'm, I'm struggling. Don't worry. Stay there. I'll, I'll come over. And he, he came over and we sat and we talked about some of the challenges that I'd had and, um, He'd sort of been through the same sort of thing and sort of guided me through it, supported me through it, got me through probably a couple of more really tough weeks. And then and then the penny dropped and I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing now, I'm clear. And I was able to move on. But I would say, you know, it was, was it a negative experience? It was a scary experience, Harvey. Um, and, and, and I thought, oh, I have actually bitten off more than I can chew. And I think the learning from it was 
don't be afraid to ask for help. There are always people in any organisation who, you know, you, you'll have built some level of trust with. Don't bottle it up. Don't hide it. I don't think I could have moved forward. I think I would have resigned had I not had that conversation and just had that couple of hours in the room going, all right, this is, this is how to chunk it up. This is how to work through it. This is how to think about it. And thinking, okay, I can do it. I can do it. So that, I think that would be one thing. I think the, the other a negative experience um it, it was at Deloitte actually I was going through I'd been pushed so hard by by the partner I was going going to a, what they call director development which uh, was a very senior level in the organization at that time and it was a full sort of three-day assessment center with various you know role modeling and tests and blah 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 um and because, because of the mentorship I, I was kind of I was like yeah I'm, I'm going to do this come on Nicola you know you're gonna smash it you're absolutely gonna smash it it's you know it's yours for the taking and when I got the feedback I actually learned I hadn't got through um there were three outcomes pass fail or not ready yet um and I was rated as not ready yet but I still felt absolutely absolutely flattened by it Harvey Mm -hmm. just just yeah when you put all that effort in as well and and I also yeah absolutely and I felt really embarrassed because everyone knew that I was going for this assessment and everyone was going to find out that I'd failed and everyone was going to judge me for that. Um, and again, I was like, I need to leave. I'm going to have to go. You know, I've made myself look an idiot. I'm never going to get through this. And and the sort of conversation with the partner was just, just, you know, give yourself a bit of time, give yourself 48 hours, think about this, how you respond to this situation Will will be quite quite um, pivotal in terms of what happens next for you. And his advice was to see the feedback because there was a fee- formal feedback. See the feedback as a as as a, a positive. Take the feedback and respond well to it, and and work to demonstrate how you're addressing that feedback and go again. And and I chose to go down that route. I, I, it took me a, a week to sort of get over the the way I was feeling um, and I went back to the reassessment effectively it was a reassessment center because of the the rating that I was given um six months later and I got through and the feedback that I got from the partner that was assessing me who'd seen me in the assessment center and one of, it was one of the people who'd effectively you know said not ready yet and I went the, the, the two, two things the transformation has been significant you've clearly worked really hard on on the development areas you've, you've responded really well to the feedback thank you for that um but what was also said was that, that there was a comment about my attitude and you know how how i'd responded to the feedback as much as actually having dealt with the feedback and addressed the matters and you know that i had i had taken it on but i didn't share the fact that i'd nearly had a hissy fit and wanted to leave <laughs> <laughs> but you know I think failing sometimes is a very negative experience and, and it's very easy to give up and just go, oh, that's it, you know, especially when everybody knows you failed. I mean, it's it's embarrassing, right? Um, but I think that that is certainly something that I've, I've learned a lot from and it's definitely, you know, I, I think it shaped my outlook on on not seeing failure as a bad thing but seeing it as a learning experience and and. I do think that organisations that and you know my, myself as a leader try to try to make it okay to fail. Just don't keep failing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, failure after failure after failure, that that's not a great thing. But um, failure is not a bad thing because, if you know, you don't learn anything if you don't get it wrong sometimes. Definitely. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. And what you said earlier as well about asking for help, I think that's so important because I always say um, when I'm working with young people that the worst that someone can say in that situation is no and then you go and think of who else you can ask instead. Yeah. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's important to keep positive like you've done in those situations as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Harvey Morton Digital offers a spectacular range of digital marketing services, including social media management, website design, and influencer marketing. Modern companies need smart solutions for their digital problems. And as the 2018 Ipsy National Young Freelancer of the Year, Harvey knows great digital. With an excellent trust pilot score. Get in touch with Harvey today at his website, harveymorton.digital, to take your online presence to the next level. If you had any advice for young people that were starting out in retail or just their chosen careers in general, what would your top three tips be? So I think I think the first thing is you don't need to know where you want to be from day one. You know, there's this sort of... I think there's a sense that you've got to know, you know, to, to be a career person, you've got to know where you want to be in 30 years time. You know, when you, when you think about the, the, the choices that you make through um, higher education, A-levels, when you go into university, the courses that you choose, it can be seen as that's, you know, you have to be clear about what your destination is right from the get-go. And, and, and I, I don't think you do. You don't need to know. I mean, I look at where I, you know, I never thought I'd end up doing what I'm doing today. <laughs> 30 years ago when I started out and so what I'd say is don't be afraid to try different things you know experience is transferable you know you're dealing with certainly there are technical skills that are very role specific or very industry specific but people skills and 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 you know aspects of how you how you show up as a leader or as, as a person or as a team player they are transferable and you you are your greatest investment. So just grab you know every growth opportunity, every development opportunity that you can. I'd say if you do know where you want to be, but you can't get there, same thing, don't worry. Take the best opportunity you have and, and give it your all, give it your best. Just own it and back yourselves, you know, because you never know where life is going to take you or what opportunities might might throw themselves up. And within within all of that, I think people will people will see someone who has owned their career, owned what they want to do, you know, literally back themselves. Um, and I think the third is retail, in particular. You asked a question about a career in retail. It's a team sport, so be a, be a team player. You can't go and be go off and develop a career without without um, without other people. And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, you, you, you've got it, people, only people can help you get there, but it, it's about you. It's about, if you're a team player, you will begin to stand out for the right reasons. You know, you people will want to want to be with you, want to be led by you. And the leaders that you're working for will see, this is a person that can bring the team on a journey. This is a person who can get things done through judgment and through influence and through just sheer hard work and being in the room and, you know, is always showing up as their best selves 
Um, so it's to be a team player, you know, and, and, and then as you progress, take the team with you and, and recognize who's helped you and, and, and help them back, you know, as you're, as you're progressing through your career. You, you, I mean, one of the things I've seen a lot, um, the, the more senior you get is a lot of leaders, you know, have very trusted teams around them. Very, you know, people work for people. They don't work for organisations. Ultimately, how do they? So be a no, team exactly. player. Be a team player. Thank you. I think that's that's great advice because there is so much pressure on young people to know where they want to go straight away, and I think that you know people feel that they can express opinions if someone's not found the the right route that they want to go down or has maybe jumped around a bit Um, but I think it's more natural now for people to jump around different things and it's not seen as a as a negative as such I I agree Harvey what I would encourage people to do and it's interesting because it's only recently I've really sort of thought about and I look at my career journey and here to here to here to here but there is a red thread through it there is a red thread of the things that I like to do. You know, I like problem solving. I like analysis. I realized I like working with people. I realized I loved retail. And all these bits have come together into the role that I'm doing now. And I think, you know, again, just take some time to reflect and, and think about your story and be ready to articulate that. If, if you're going for something that is outside of your current experience from an industry point of view, just think about how you tell how you tell the story about your journey and how you can can translate and relate the experience that you have got to the role that you're now looking at doing. That's great advice, and I think as well. Um, I, I suppose you've you've worked your way up up the ladder um, to a, a senior executive level now. Would it be right to say that those roles come with more high pressure, more stress, and it, is it hard for you to manage that? What what helps you in terms of switching off and making sure you keep that work life balance? Just like you said earlier, that's what that's what you chose when you had to make that decision with your husband when he retired. Now, I think if you ask my husband whether I actually chose <laughs> life, he'd probably dispute it. To the next, time. I mean, some of it is about how, you know how how you are and your own sort of personal you know mental appetite to go for this stuff. But how do I switch off? I think. How, do you know what, Harvey? There's a couple of things. First off, my son. He's now twenty. He's he's he is still um, he's the love of my life, and I'm I'm enjoying watching him thrive as he's now sort of picking his way through his career journey. Um, and I love spending time with him whenever he's at home back from uni. It's it's fantastic, and he's he's a good grounder because he doesn't look at me and go non-executive director or senior executive. He just goes mum, yeah, and and you know we, we still have battles in the garden with with water pistols and you know just just daft stuff so i think that's that's definitely he's he's definitely a big part of what keeps me grounded and also keeps me focused on home when i'm home having the two roles funnily enough is 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 good i find you know obviously i'm at domino's probably five days a week and then I'll, i'll i'll take time off when i'm doing my fraser's board work to spend time with the group and because it's such a different environment 
and and such a positive environment. I Fraser's is my happy place. It really is my happy place where I feel like I'm adding value, where I feel as though I can put something back in to say thank you for all the success that I've had. It's, so the change of scene, Harvey, I think is what I'm saying. Sometimes it's just focusing on something different. You know, just I'm not, I'm not talking about Domino's Pizza anymore. I'm now talking about Fraser's group. It, it, it's even that is is I find for me helps me manage manage that sort of stress levels. And then the final bit is my garden. I love a, a very very. And my dad was a gardener. Um, I inherited the love of that from him many many years ago, and I'm now lucky enough to have a really pretty pretty and practical garden that I love spending time in whenever Aww. I can. That's great, yeah. And would you say being present is important as well, especially when you're switching from yes. the different roles and not letting each thing carry over into yeah. something else? You're absolutely right. I think being present, being present in your roles, but but being present for your family and your friends as well. I, I think you're absolutely right, and and that that is about mindset. You sometimes you have to make a concerted effort. You know, I know yeah. over dinner sometimes my husband's like, you're not listening to me, are you? And, and I realise that, yeah, I'm not actually in the room. I need to get back in the room. So, so I think that's a really good point, Harvey, yeah. Yeah, it's really important, I, I guess. Um, and you say about Fraser's being your happy place and how much it meant to get that non-executive director role. Um, would you say you, you saw that as a reward, really, for kind of all the experience you've built up was it ever something you considered before that opportunity came up because you spoke earlier about how if your younger self could see you, you now you wouldn't have ever imagined what what roles you'd have no I think it 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 is um I suppose I get a lot of self confidence from the role at Fraser's you you're for exactly the reason you've described but also I had again I think it's partly because of my background but I do feel the need to put something back in you know I've had I've had a brilliant life um I've, I've had a successful career um and I know I've worked really really hard but I also know people and organizations have helped me on my way and and so they're putting something back in through not just through the the I mean, I'm, I'm a couple of trustee roles that I also do and, and it, it's for the same reason it's to put something back into to a, a life that's given me such a lot and that, and that's why these things that I do outside of my core work are are my happy place because it's very it's very fulfilling Harvey. Being able to do something to help others, whether it be formally through a through a role, you know, that I'm 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 appointed to, or whether it be informally, just through getting involved in other stuff. Because as I say, I've had I've had a lot of a lot out of life. Yeah, and I think there's so much you can gain from those voluntary experiences as well, and so many skills you can continue to pick up and learn, which is 
when you say volunteering, a lot of people think, why would, why would I do that? But you, you make so many connections and gain experiences from it and it's rewarding yeah. as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really important to have those different roles and to be able to do something that you're passionate about as well. That's it, exactly right. I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, again, you know, we've sort of talked about how do people get experience I mean, I came to I came to that side of things quite late in my career, but it's also a really good way of getting experience that you you know can't perhaps necessarily get through a you know through a, a paid role. Look at doing some volunteering and and you know get get a lot of skills that way. That volunteer organisations are always happy to have talent working for them, and you do get an awful lot out of it in return in terms of I don't know what's the word CV building, I suppose. But yeah. CV building, skills building, yeah. and yeah, like you said, it's all really in- invaluable in terms of what you can get. Um, thank you so much for sharing your inspirational story and journey and, and for all the advice you've shared as well. Just to finish off, um, what what would your piece of advice be for your 13-year-old self? <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. What would, uh, gosh, what was I doing when I was 13? I was probably, yeah, probably not, not where I should have been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> qualifications don't have to be academic. Don't ever lose sight of qu- being qualified by experience. I think work super hard and always be your best self. Um, I wasn't always. I, I think I did miss opportunities from a very young age because I, was, I wasn't at school when I should have been and, you know, probably wasn't didn't work as hard as I as I should have done and I, I didn't enjoy this this school process to be fair at all it sounds a bit cliched Harvey but you can be to a large extent what you want to be just just by being focused on it and by you know just setting out setting out a goal just not not a 10-year goal but just set achievable goals and work your way towards it and build build your sort of um build your bank of your, your bank of self-belief build your bank of confidence just set yourself goals just believe in yourself i'm going to do that i'm going to go and do that next and and that's how i would do it i had um i i didn't have an easy time at school um it knocked my confidence a lot and some some of what's driven me has been almost feeling as i had something to prove when, do you know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, I can relate I have to that. To prove. I have something to prove here, but it's my thirteen-year-old self. I actually didn't have anything to prove, and and I did. I didn't really understand how much I actually had going for myself, and and the, you know the different opportunities. The 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 careers advice that you used to get at school in those days. I don't know if it's got any better, but it, it was very very one-dimensional as you know it's, this is what a nurse does and this is what a doctor does and this is what I, and it's like okay it wasn't that practical so so don't be yeah I'd, I'd say qualifications don't have to be academic get qualified by experience and always be your best self attitude attitude and experience can trump a lot of things in life yeah amazing advice <laughs> i agree Thanks, Nicola. Thanks so much for your time and for being on the show. It's been lovely. Thank you for your time. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for joining me in the social sanctuary today. I hope you leave feeling inspired and uplifted by that great conversation. You can find out more about today's guest in the show notes. And also, you can support the show by buying me a coffee using the link in the description. If there's a guest you would like me to invite on to the next episode... Drop me an email, info at harveymorton.com, or if you have any feedback, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. I'll see you for the next one. Thanks for listening.